You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianessis. What's up, everybody? Just before we get into our latest episode with David Whitehead, just wanted to let you all know that Rise Above the Herd, our eight-week private group coaching program coached by Erasmus and myself, applications are now open. This is a program specifically designed for truth seekers to transform them into truth leaders, to decondition you from the subconscious programs that are keeping you trapped in the herd so you can rise above mediocrity, so you can awaken the individual hero within you, so you can truly implement self-acceptance, self-responsibility, uplift your self-worth, understand what you value, and take actionable steps towards achieving your desires. You can live life on your terms. We've been working on this for the last two months relentlessly, and we're excited that applications are now open and it's limited availability. We're only intaking a maximum number of 15 people. Um, So if that interests you, head to riseaboveTheHerd.com.au now and you can apply there. Secondly, we just released our first ever ebook, which we're also excited about, 55 Signs of Low Self-Esteem for Truth Seekers. Um, this is quite a potent guide for you to be able to gauge for yourself um, where you are on, on, on the self-esteem scale, what you've overcome, what you're still struggling with. It's our view that self-esteem is the most ignored psychological issue of our time and needs to be addressed um, more than ever, particularly if you, like me, are someone who wants to make the most of their life and live with inner freedom as well as external freedom. You can head to grow your self-esteem com to check that one out lastly here for the truth.com this episode will be there all previous episodes will be there um you can get your merch you can subscribe to our newsletter to stay updated and without further ado here is david whitehead all right everybody welcome to episode 58 of here for the truth podcast with our first ever returning guest David Whitehead, he joined us way back in episode nine. David is a dear friend of both Erasmus and myself. We, in fact, met because of David's platform, which he hosts with Michael Tosseri and Unslaved. And we're super excited for this conversation. David, thanks for being back for the truth, man. Oh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Love seeing you guys. You're doing great work. Congrats on the podcast. You guys have been crushing it. And I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it, dude. So listen, I think what's on everyone's minds, or maybe not everyone's, but a lot of people's minds is what is happening in Canada? So you're there. You're on the West Coast. What's going on? Well, where to begin? Um, I recommend people go check my backlog of content on my Telegram channel because I've been covering this extremely closely. Um, I've known for quite some time. I mean, I was born and raised in Canada. I live in BC, as you said right now, but I've lived all over the country. Um, And this whole thing started because of the fact that the Canadian government is in direct gross violation of both national and international law, as are all the governments. I mean, we've got Australia in the house, you know, California, I think, right? Yeah. So, uh, we're all in the same pickle, but Canada decided to take things to Mach 10. And um, so before we get to what they're doing right now, quick synopsis is that we had 
one of the biggest national movements that we've ever seen. The mobilization and the unification of people of every background, every race, uh, different political parties, different vaccination statuses, who all came together to support a trucking convoy that initially started to protest on behalf of the truckers. They decided, hey, we're, we don't want to be mandated to do this just to go over the border and back. We've been hauling goods and everybody's Amazon orders like crazy, your oil, your fuel, your gas, your food, everything through this entire pandemic, quote unquote. And now the government returns with a mandate and that rubbed these guys the wrong way. And to be honest with you, these are just the kind of people just want to be left alone. Uh, even the hell's angels don't mess with these people and they're family guys. They were hardworking and they just rightfully so realize that the government is breaching the, our constitution, which we call the charter of rights and freedoms in Canada. And so they started, uh, it started with like one guy in a, in a truck, just doing a video that went super viral. And he's basically like, guys, we have the power to change this. Let's, let's just do a protest. Let's do a peaceful protest, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that started like that and then it grew and it grew so big and they got so much support. It went super viral around Canada, almost instantaneously and around the world. Um, and they decided to say, all right, well, this is about all Canadians then let's, let's, let's unify and, and have a big peaceful demonstration. And we're going to go to Ottawa and we're going to go to some of the other legislative buildings and we're going to go to some of the borders and we're going to show these governments that they work for us. We don't work for them because that's what a supposedly free democracy really is. Right. Yeah. Um, we know it's an illusion in Canada, but Canada didn't know it was an illusion and we needed this in order to figure that out. So they started a movement that ended up with, oh my God, I've seen estimates of anywhere between four to 7 million Canadians that got behind this and went out to their, whether they went to Ottawa, whether they went to their local legislative buildings or parliament buildings, or just went on the overpasses to cheer the truckers on. I've never seen more Canadian flags or national pride in my life of, like I said, we're talking first nations, people talking to police officers that doesn't happen. We're talking people from Quebec arm in arm with people from Alberta singing the national anthem that doesn't happen. We're talking the Sikh truck drivers There's a big Sikh community here in Canada. That was definitely uh, for this because those people fled their country to come here for freedom. We have a lot of Eastern European people that are here. We have a lot of born and res Canadians that are here. We have a lot of veterans that are here. And so it started as a movement that gained traction because the point was that Canadians were not being heard by the government, right? And we tried everything. We, we literally have tried everything. I've been in this fight for 18 years in Canada, okay? We've tried writing our MPs. We've tried doing little pots and pans protests in the park. We've tried doing yoga for awareness of problems in Canada in the park. We've tried extending all the branches to different groups of people to try to get something going with legal challenges to the government to do this through the legal process. We've tried collecting actual scientific data from literally world-renowned doctors and scientists that are living in Canada. You know, people like Dr. Byron Bridal, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, Dr. Mm -hmm. Ben Alexander, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many nurses associations, paramedics, Police on guard for thee, uh, Mounties for Freedom, every group you can imagine. We've been trying to do petitions to the government, literally, guys, literally just to do a sit down, 
just to do a public open debate about these issues. Because the problem is that the policy, it's not the virus that has done this stuff to the country, as you guys well know. Mm -hmm. It was government policy that crushed our economy during this, that ruined people's lives, that caused a massive uptick in suicide, overdose, child abuse, shattered homes, shattered lives, destroyed incomes, decimation like you can't possibly imagine. They're still going to be calculating it for decades to come. That's how bad it was. And that was a direct relation to the government policy and the way they chose to go about it. And for two years in Canada, there's not been one single official scientific debate with Health Canada, with Dr. Theresa Tam, with any of our government officials. Um, all the legal challenges are all just immediately blocked. Not a single court in this country has heard a case uh, that has been brought against them, uh, which means they're, they're either cowards or they're paid off and they're corrupt. Um, and what's interesting is that we have something here for legal precedent called the Oaks test. And it's a test that has to do with, it was a, it was a case that was back in the 60s or 70s um, that was about challenging the legitimacy of the charter. Like what charter rights are we protecting? Because there was a situation where the government was going against the charter to try to prosecute somebody. And they used the precedent of the charter of rights to determine that the government can't do that, that they can't just override rights like that. And that's been a legal precedent in this country since the 60s. And it's called the Oaks test. And not one element, not one mandate that these governments have put on, whether it's a vaccine mandate or a masking or social distancing or shutting down businesses and leaving Walmart open, et cetera, you know, shutting down all the churches, but of course, Costco's open. None of those things have passed the Oaks test in a single court. All right. And so these are things that you start building up. And this is what the, the truckers started to really get an understanding about. Our intellectual class failed us. Our legal system failed us. Our political classes on all sides, the conservatives are all spineless cowards. Um, of course, the liberals are infested with both communists and fascists, because we know that fascism was actually a left-wing movement. Yeah. That's another yeah. conversation. Um, and I'm not about left or right. I, I know that it's left, right wings on the same brain of the same bird that's controlling the whole thing. But, um, you know, it's just interesting that they're trying to label this group. They, so they start, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. So basically, as soon as this thing started moving and went more viral than any other thing, like literally nobody watched the Olympics. I don't even know who won. I don't even give a shit. We, had we were doing the Freedom Olympics. Yeah, Olympics, who cares? Yeah. Um, so I, we started doing this. I've never seen so much light in people's eyes. I've never felt myself more national pride for Canada. It's like the best parts of Canada just woke up and went, yeah, we're freaking done with this, man. We're done with this. And we want to resolve it peacefully. We've been trying every way to do it. So because the government didn't hear us, and the moment the trucker convoy started, their mission statement was very clear. It was, we're going to Ottawa to be heard by the government. The government will hear us. And if they don't, they have to resign. That's where the whole Trudeau has to resign thing came from. It was mm -hmm. an, if they don't listen to us, then the government is incompetent and they're not participating in a democracy. It's a dictatorship. And therefore they must resign. That's how it started. And then it was all we're going to do is go and say, end the mandates across the country for every Canadian. That was for every Canadian. If, I mean, if it was a white supremacist movement, wouldn't they be going to advocate just for all the white people's rights? They wouldn't be oh, yeah. hanging out with First Nations and Sikhs and Africans and stuff. So anyways, so what does Trudeau do? The little spineless weasel that he is working for Klaus Schwab and answering the red phone every time it rings. What does he do? He goes, 
oh, these are just all these truckers, all these people that are against my, my, my edicts that I've never given any scientific basis behind them. And I've never answered any challenges or whatever. Um, they're all Nazis. They're all racist. They're all homophobes. They're all this, they're all that. And, and it was like, everybody went, what? So that infuriated everybody and it motivated everybody to get out and support these truckers. Cause they're like, you're not going to go ahead and call everybody in camp, half the country, half the country, a bunch of Nazis. Are you kidding me? Nazism doesn't even have a stronghold here, except in the government. So anyways, um, so he just calls us a bunch of names and tries to brush it off. Then he said, look guys, it's just a small fringe minority with unacceptable views, which like wait, unacceptable. We're, a, we're allowed to have whatever views we want. Right. Um, you're literally all the other countries in the world are slowly starting. Well, a lot of them anyways, are slowly starting to release the mandates. And here you are holding on to this thing, you know, like it's the ring of power and you're not going to let it go. And you're not even going to sit down and have a conversation and you're just going to call us a bunch of names. So clearly he didn't get the message. So more trucks came and more people came and more movements started. And so then they went and they parked trucks all over Ottawa and they obeyed. The, they were very conscientious about making sure that, you know, ambulances and services could pass and like they didn't block up the roads to be, you know, they, they, they were very, very smart about how they did it because they didn't actually break any laws other than parking laws. That was the only law that you could say they broke was just some parking. That's bylaws. It doesn't mean shit because what are they protesting against everybody that's critiquing this? The truckers were there because they weren't heard and they were there to defend their charter rights, which under Section 52 of the Canadian Constitution Act, which states that the charter is the supreme law of Canada and no law that conflicts with that charter has any force or effect. So they, they went, all right, we're going to make our voice heard in a peaceful demonstration of noncompliance. And the reason we're going to be blaring our horns is because we want them to hear us. And all Trudeau has to do is come out from hiding behind the curtains and have a sit down, have some hot chocolate, have a couple hot dogs with some truckers and talk it out like a real leader and a real man would. And oh, yeah. instead of doing that, labels, name calling, raise the bar. And then it got to a point where this lasted for over three weeks where people came from all over the country to freeze in minus 30 Ottawa weather overnight, every night, to have their voices heard because these people were the people that just wanted to be left alone and they lost everything. They already lost friends and family. They already lost their money. They already lost their savings. They already lost their hope in this country. So these are the people that had everything to lose or had nothing left to lose, I should say. So they sat there peacefully, not a single violent instance, not a single act of destruction to property in three weeks the most peaceful, well-behaved revolution in history happens, okay? And what does Trudeau do? He calls for the Emergencies Act of Canada, which has never before been enacted until, I, I think it was enacted in some shape in the World War II when it was called the War Powers Act. And then they later changed it to an Emergencies Act, which is supposed to be reserved for like, reserved for, like if you know, paratroopers from North Korea are dropping in the city or alien invasions are happening or something. That's, that's what it's supposed to be. And even, even in that statute, it says you still can't violate charter rights. <laughs> so you can declare an emergency, but you still can't violate charter rights. And so he, he enables it. And what does he do with it? He starts freezing people's bank accounts. 
Like I'm expecting to wake up any day now with my bank accounts frozen. Um, and the, he brought in the Gestapo. He brought in the, we call them the green shirts to uh, disperse these protests. And let me just be clear about this. The footage is everywhere. I've documented it on my channels. I even did an eight hour live stream uh, the other day with multiple angles. Um, so these people are literally singing the national anthem. We've got grandmas with walkers walking up to these cops to talk to them. We've got, uh, we had a Mohawk woman who was trampled by RCMP horses for standing there waving a Canadian flag and shouting for freedom. And thank God she's actually okay. I'm following her on Twitter now and she's okay. She's injured, but she didn't, she did, she survived. Um, and these cops come in before the Emergencies Act has even been put through parliament and they start smashing the windows of these trucks, dragging these truckers out and not only arrest them, they beat them mercilessly and then they arrested them. And then they started pushing and stomping all over these old women teenagers, people of all backgrounds. It was a shit show. It was the worst, most egregious act of shame by the Canadian police. And I think there might've been some non-Canadian police there, but that's another story. Yeah. They brought in guys from Quebec. Those are the guys wearing the green Gestapo outfits. They had no clear identification. They had no name or police number on them. Um, I know they've used this tactic in Australia as well. Um, and these guys... You'd have women, nurses, doctors, lawyers up there crying in front of these police, begging them, make the right choice. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you why I'm here. Let me tell you why. And these cops were just like ice, just nothing. Um, and then you see the other ones that were all fidgety. You know, you could tell they didn't like what they were doing. And now I'm hearing there's a bunch of resignations from some of these cops that probably can't live with themselves after that. And they shouldn't be able to live with themselves after that. Mm -hmm. Eternal shame. So now we're in a position where Trudeau called for the Emergencies Act instead of just A, lifting the mandates, listening to the people, or B, going out and have a conversation. Oh, and one more thing is that the scientific panel, these international experts, called with the Canadian people, the truckers, for Health Canada, Theresa Tam, and the other scientists to come and have a debate with them and show us the science. That's all we wanted to see. If you show us all these, we had truckers, cowboys, the toughest people in Canada are sitting on your front lawn and they want some answers. Okay. And they're asking for answers. They pay taxes. We pay federal taxes to the Canadian government and that Canadian government is housed on public property. And that public property is called the city of Ottawa. All right. So all the Ottawa people are like, there's too much honking. Yeah. Sorry. It's either that or air raids. All right. Like at this point, you'd be happy. It's honking. Who was the person that said that honk honk was code for hail Hitler? I don't even know her name and I never want to know her name. What? It's a shame. Whoever she's wow. an MP. She's an actual elected MP in the Pulse of Parliament. Okay. And it's a shame. And she's embarrassed herself all over the world, as has Trudeau. And so um, so what he does, this little weasel, he doesn't, he doesn't come out because if I'm a think about it, guys. Just think logically. Anybody listening to this, if someone were to challenge you, I'm a martial artist. Let's use that. I'm a martial artist. Okay. I open up a dojo, I get a bunch of students in there. And let's just say I start teaching people a bunch of stuff that's clearly nonsense. And eventually they start figuring out that the stuff I'm teaching is, is just quackery. It doesn't work. It's all bullshit, right? It's bullshito. And <laughs> they start calling me out on it. And I, all I do is, and they start challenging me. A student comes up and goes, well, can we, what if we go in that position and I show you that it doesn't work? And I just go, no, 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 I don't want to do that. 
I'm going to go on a whiteboard. I'm going to draw out all these diagrams and call it the science of martial arts. And you just have to follow it, even though your eyes are telling you it doesn't work, right? That's how it starts. And then I go, they keep coming at me. So I go, no, you must do this. And if you don't, I'm going to bring guys from these other dojos to come in and make damn well sure you do follow my, that's what Trudeau just did. Mm -hmm. So he says, you guys are a bunch of, so the real fascists are saying we're somehow fascists for advocating for freedom and unity in Canada. That's literally the whole thing is end free, end the mandates and we want freedom. Everybody's waving Canadian flags. They did a photo op with a Nazi flag. Nobody that I know, I had numerous, I have lots of friends in Ottawa because I lived there for 13 years. They were all down there. Not one of them saw a single Nazi flag that was clearly a plant. Everybody was there to sing, to celebrate, to hug each other, to show love, to save their country, to show national unity and pride. And, and think about it. These are all people that were locked up in their homes for two years that have had their lives destroyed. And this was the one movement, one moment of leadership started by some blue collar truckers that brought everybody together to come where we are allowed in our charter. It's section two of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I invite everybody, especially in Canada, to read it and fact check me on that, that we have the right to peaceful assembly, especially if we have grievances with the government. That's what a democracy is, right? Um, and, in a, and later on in the show, I'll actually break down the specific international laws that are being violated but that's that's later so we go in i was i didn't get i didn't go to ottawa because it's like a six day very yeah. tumultuous drive i stayed here because i thought well every province needs to fight this so because it's all provincial ruled as well they keep passing the buck between the federal the provincial and the corporations you notice that so um so we said well, let's stay here i went to victor i went three weeks in a row women, children, every back, people are hugging and it's so beautiful. It's just the most beautiful thing I've experienced, like a real protest, not yeah. the fake shit, not just hate, just, it was like, let's just get together and celebrate life. Like that's what it was. Right. And we're so having dance parties, man. There were like DJs yeah. playing and shit. DJs were dance parties. We're singing like journey. Like we're roasting fucking hot dogs on the beach after. And just what is it like to live again? What is it like to be a human again. What is it like to actually have pride in Canada? I haven't had pride in Canada for years, man. I've been trying to wake this country up. And, you know, I, I look back at this and I was, this, this was like a gift from the gods. This thing was to come down and have, and, and it had to be Canada because I think a lot of other populations don't have the, which I usually critique, which is the over overly nice mentality of Canadians. Um, but in a weird way, that's why this was able to last so long. And that's why the government hated it so much. That's why they're terrified of it was because it was successful. They didn't, they, they tried to send aggravators out there. They tried to send people into the crowd to go, Hey, let's go set a bomb in parliament or something like they tried to do that. And nobody, it didn't work. Nothing worked. They tried attacking them. It just made them more popular all over the world. And then you go on Amazon and all the fuck Trudeau uh, flags get sold out overnight, you know, because everybody in the world won. In New York at the Canadian embassy, oh, they, yeah. were, they were protesting with us. It was, it's insane. And so, and we're, and it's like, I tell me if we're Nazis, have you ever heard of a Nazi that's advocating for bodily autonomy or free speech or uh, private property rights? Like that's not what Nazis advocate for. So anyways, we know what they're doing. So it ends up with, they finally get the Gestapo to come in. We didn't know how far they were going to go. And I think Canada needed to see how far this government's willing to go. Um, 
they, they is a horrendous crime against humanity day of just, I, I was the most emotional day I've had in a long time watching that. And then you know what? Those same people that just got curb stomped all day by Trudeau's green shirt thugs, they go out and they have a dance party at the end of the night. And then in the middle of the night, the cops sweep in with massive numbers. They beat the shit out of everybody. They kick them out of the city. They arrest all the truckers. They arrest all the leadership, which there wasn't really leadership. That, that's kind of bullshit too. Everybody was representing themselves there. Um, and then uh, now they're like, it's all cleaned up. And now there's 150 police checkpoints all over Ottawa right now. It's a ghost town. You can't even hear a mouse. And everybody's like, finally, Ottawa's back. And it's like, really? It's 1938 Berlin, Germany. And what thank you for that. What percentage of the population are those kinds of people? You know what I mean? Because I feel like even in the US, like you have like a small percentage of the people that are controlling the narrative, mm. you know, because of course the institutions, you know? Well, I mean, I'm still trying to get a, a grasp on it. When I saw like at certain overpasses when the drive was happening, right? There's thousands of people gathering around just the overpass to cheer on the truckers, right? Everybody's in tears. There's cowboys riding at the border in Coots, Alberta with cowboys from the U.S. It was magnificent. There's farmers. It started a farmer's uprising. All the farmers drove their tractors to Ottawa and froze their balls off in sleeping in a tractor. Can you imagine that? Um, these are the people that were pushed too far by the government for a long time. And these mandates were just destroying families and everything. And so now it's hard to get a handle. I think it's like, basically anybody that's watching the CBC news here, they're brainwashed, they're beyond saving. Anybody that's not watching the media is learning for themselves, watching podcasts like this, works for a living, has an actual hard job. We got to get up at five and bust your ass. Uh, those are the people that are against this government right now. So if I were to put a number on it, I'd like to say we're the majority. Yeah. I'd say at least we're half, at least half the country. Maybe they don't, they didn't visibly come out because everybody's still trying to find their courage right now. Right. Mm -hmm. But it gave a lot of people courage that didn't have it before. And now we know, oh, this is no small fringe minority because Trudeau went from small fringe minority. Don't worry about it to, I need emergency powers and the Gestapo army immediately. It's such a violent threat to democracy. It's like, what a loser. So now the situation is this. Um, we have political prisoners in Canada now because uh, all these people, guess what they arrested these people for? Mischief. That's the charge. Freaking mischief, not terrorism, not any of that stuff, mischief. And Please. seven months prior to this, there was a protest after Canada learned about the horrific crimes of the government that were committed against First Nations people, which has been known about for a long time, and the media weaponized that and tried to turn it into an argument for the Liberals, which was amazing, because it was Trudeau's father that oversaw a lot, saw a lot of that, or his adopted father, because um, we know who his real daddy was. But um, the, the thing is, is they, they were burning churches to the ground. They were tearing statues down and beheading them, painting them red, and then walking around showing a beheaded statue. They were, that was violence, okay? And not a peep from the media, not a peep from Trudeau. Nobody got garnished. Nobody had economic sanctions put on their bank accounts. Nobody was called terrorism. Nothing, nothing, nothing. The Nobody minute there's actually, yeah. The minute there's actual peaceful non-compliance with the government, they're like, 
this is terror. There's an insurrection. It was all funded by a bunch of Trumpers in the US. Like they just went hysterical. Can you imagine if Trump froze the accounts of BLM protesters, bro? The world would explode. It would just blow up. The Pleiadians would fly by and go, oh, what the hell? (laughs) That would be the end of the world, okay? But so we see it, but guys, as I'm saying this and my emotions and my rage is just on another level, I also am grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, because in Canada, we've had it so good for so long. The people here are good people. You probably feel the same way, you know, California and, and yeah. Australia. I people. have amazing family members that live in auto that live in uh, Windsor. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Like just yeah. these people, it's like their virtue blinds them. Right. It, it, which it, it's, it's the, it's the bane of the existence of good moral people that we tend to project that onto everybody else. And we think everybody else is just like that. And, and we also, people don't want to, they're not confront. Canada's not confrontational. They're not, we don't want to have confrontation. We've never had to fight for our freedom. We've never had to fight for anything. It's just been like, oh, everything's cool. You know, like, especially my generation, I, we didn't see any big, big, big issues like, like you'd see in America or elsewhere. And so for this to happen, it was such a magical moment and it brought awareness to what's really been going on in politics. And now I'm going, the, the protests evolved. When I went to the first few, it was just like wave some flags, you know, bang a few drums and it was awesome. But now it was like little old ladies are walking around with signs talking about Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and the new world order and like, you know, freedom, love and unity and we need justice. And like the educational level just of how what's going on went up through the roof because that's what happens. You, you start with one problem, like why, why did I lose my job? Mm-hmm. Uh, why did this happen? And then you go and you keep looking. And now all of a sudden, because of all the information we've all been providing everybody, people can catch up really quickly on what's going on. And then the government does this and proves us all right. And that just keeps it going. So the, what I'm grateful for is that all of the world is watching Canada right now, which never really happens. And more people, I'm listening to people that I listen to in the States, like different podcasts and stuff. They're talking about like Ontario and Ottawa and they're mispronouncing it because they've never <laughs> had to pronounce it before. And I'm like, wow, we're, we really went viral. Well, good. Now everybody's watching this. And um, now Canada's watching this and everybody's watching the government, the way the government is reacting, where you've got Christiana Freeland, who was our, um, our financial head, who is probably going to be the next leader. She's a Klaus Schwab puppet for sure. Um, she basically came out and said, oh, it, just be, let me clear up any misunderstandings. If, if you don't want your bank account frozen or if you want to unfreeze your bank account, all you have to do is stop resisting us and, and stop attacking, you know, stop disagreeing with the government. If you stop disagreeing with the government, all the, you have all those things restricted listed for you. You know, it's like, wow, wow, that's insane. But as much as I get angry at that, I also go, okay, I hope everybody's watching this shit right now and taking notes. Right. Cause here's how it goes. And you guys know this with these kind of, I don't even know what to call it anymore. Cause it's a blend of communism, fascism. It's a blend of everything. It's a new hybrid. But if we call it like the commie fascists, uh, techno fascists or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they don't just stop with their political opponents. They start with their political opponents and they get rid of the intellectual class. And then they get rid of the media that would speak out against them. And then they get rid of any citizen that would speak out against them and expose their lies. And then they keep going after the people that were even supporting them. And eventually everybody just starves to death or genocide happens. That's just the blueprint. That's how it goes. So, um, and I had a buddy from Venezuela, David Genny, who I've had on my show many times. I should probably get him in touch with you guys. He'd be a good guest. 
He oh, left right. Venezuela, grew up during the whole revolution there, came to Washington state. And, uh, he's a, he's an intellectual man. He's great. And he, he's been talking to me a lot and he's like, guys, you're at Canada's at like stage five of seven. Like you're doing the exact blueprint of Venezuela right now. And I've known that. Right. But Canada didn't know that because everybody's just out grabbing a surfboard and a beaver tail and they don't give a shit. Right. But now they give a shit. And now they're, they're hurt. Now they're, they watched violence get done to them. They got watched violence get done to old ladies and shit. Like, so that's not, so I don't know what's going to happen next, but I can tell you this, this is just a reprieve moment, in my opinion, um, that I think people are just sort of regrouping. And I think that it's going to be four or five times the numbers now. And um, there's also a lot of people talking about leaving Canada because they're terrified, which I can understand. Um, I'm quite concerned because I've been openly speaking out against government corruption and media lies for a long time. And um, I'm probably one of, I've been actively supporting the truckers and waving my flags all over the place. So therefore I am now considered an enemy of the state. And, um, but at the same time, I think a lot of this might even just be smoke and mirrors. I mean, we're going to find out, but I think a lot of this is just posturing because this is a government that's desperately trying to hold on to this waning power that they have. And um, so it's gotten pretty crazy. So last night, it was a tough night for me because we watched our own parliament vote in. They, it was a pretty close vote. So I'll, there was some people that stood up for us, but they voted in the emergency act. And then, and Trudeau didn't even show up to it. He just phoned it in basically, uh, which tells you everything. And then today the Senate is debating it because that's the final stage. And the senators, half of them are all on the World Economic Forum website. So I don't have a lot of hope that they're going to stop it. So I have a feeling this is going to be passed. And that means that the egregious actions of government that we've seen before the Emergencies Act are going to pale in comparison to what they now can do with their newfound power that I, they're, they're going to say, you know what they said? Four weeks. We're, we just need the power for four weeks, guys. Oh, yeah. Kind of so like two, two weeks, weeks to, flatten. to flatten the curve. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. four weeks to flatten the freedom and then we're good. <laughs> but we know that's not going to happen because we also know that it appears that Canada is not going to be going down without a fight and i think no. this is only the beginning yeah and i mean well what took place in canada had a global ripple effect in australia a trucker convoy of one million people went to our capital in canberra really really inspired by what happened in canada the largest oh peaceful protest ever happened in front of our parliament house um so it's it's having a global effect no doubt they were they were supposed That's to start awesome. something in l LA March 5th where they're going to drive across I don't, I don't know what's going on with that but they're still doing it uh yeah they're trying to go DC to or uh Cali Cali to DC basically I know there's one in Montana that's already keying up right now now I have a thought on that and I wonder you guys think I feel like Canada was a really good like I think in terms of like warfare strategy right so I look at the big battlefield you're watching everything happen and when you're in battlefield scenarios, you sometimes have to test the defenses, right? You have to see what works, especially when you're trying to do it peacefully. So everybody was like, okay, if we do, if we, if everybody could behave and do a perfect peaceful protest here, we might have a chance of winning. Everybody felt very positive about winning this, right? Because we're doing everything within the law, right? It's just the way it is. Um, and we won a victory by showing the world a way to do it. But now we know that when you push the government to that point, where their ego can't recover and they, they just have no choice. They're going to go total. They're going to go total totalitarian on you. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of wondering if my advice for the American truckers 
would be, here's a simple way to win this. Okay, this would be chuckers all over the world. Anybody's listening to this. Let me know what you think. Does it make more sense to have everybody go to one central location where the government already has a playbook of how to deal with you, right? And then they're going to stage false flags, make you look bad, do the same shit that they always do. A lot of people are going to get hurt and arrested and their lives are going to be destroyed. You're going to have all your vehicles impounded. You're going to get beaten up by their Gestapo because, I mean, whatever Canada did, America can do 10 times better in terms of the enforcement. I mean, look at January 6th, for crying out loud. Uh, same playbook, by the way. And um, so maybe instead of that, we use an Aikido technique where we kind of do nothing. And by doing nothing, I mean, what would happen if every trucker that is a freedom fighter and wants to fight for their freedom and the freedom of their country just doesn't show up to work mm. and just parks their truck at home and doesn't go anywhere. What if everybody called in sick with COVID? That'd be the best troll of all time. All the trades, all the mariners and the boats and the ship drivers and the train drivers and the truckers and anybody that felt like they were on board and wanted to do the same thing. What if we did a general strike all over the place and said, all right, you want us to stay at home? We'll stay at home. See ya. Mm -hmm. Four days, four days. All those, all those COVIDians will be screaming at the government to get some shit going. Uh, because here's the thing. They're messing with the producers of society. Mm -hmm. And we know that the World Economic Forum wants to do this anyways, but if we, they were going to do it anyway, they were going to shut, because I know everybody's like, yeah, but Dave, it's a big psyop because they're trying to stop the food supply and they're just helping Klaus Schwab. Look, they're going to do that anyways. It's better if we do it. If we do it in a way that will get the country to go, wow, there's, we really need these people that we've been calling Nazis and racists and homophobes who aren't, who are just trying to fight for their freedom and mine, right? We need that to happen. The mass awakening is the only way, right? In this, in this case. Is, is peaceful non-compliance. So peaceful non-compliance means you don't need to go drive your truck through a building or park on someone's lawn. You just stay home. You just stay home. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that's the, that's the best way. I think it's a, a great idea. It's whether or not what percentage of people will go along with it. I, 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 I love a man because you're, you're, the, the individual is then proving their worth. They're, they're proving how, how reliance the, the collective are upon them. Those that actually do produce, those that actually do exert effort, those that actually, you know what I mean, are, 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 are minded to support themselves and in, in doing so, supporting the rest of us, right? Um, yeah. So I, I love it. But what do you think of this? And I mean, I want to bring up our girl here, Ayn Rand. A proper government is only a policeman acting as an agent of man's self-defense and as such may resort to force only against those who start the use of force. Government that initiates the employment of force against men who had forced no one reverses its only moral purpose. Oh, God bless that woman. She nailed it. She nailed it. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's what we're seeing. So that's why it could never be for, we can never historic history cannot record this resistance as being a violent, forceful thing, right? And that's why, and I think that we've already won the optics, right? This was the best PR campaign for freedom we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, and it's making the media go insane. And so that's also waking people up. So thank you, media. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. You're actually helping us. Um, and now if everybody that wants to, I mean, 
you're asking us to your question, we might not get every trucker, but you don't need many. Yeah. Okay. Cause they're already under staff. They're already short. If you had 400,000 truckers, which is what I'm hearing, it's going to be for the convoy, just stay home for a week. I mean, New York doesn't get anything right. Uh -huh. Like it, it, Cal, they're all cut and nobody gets anything for, for a week. Um, and then you amplify that all over the place where we just say, we're, we're not going to support this system that is enslaving us. Another great idea is to take all your money out of the banks the best way that you can. Uh, imagine that there's a massive bank run happening in Canada right now because these banks are working with government to sanction Canadian citizens who waved a flag or donated 20 bucks to the truckers. And so that's fascism because that's the merging of government power and corporate power to restrict citizens' individual rights. So what do you do? You don't comply with them. You take your business elsewhere. You offshore banking, crypto, credit unions, whatever you can do, maybe create your own public credit union. I don't know. We got to think outside the box. And then also, um, you know, just starving the beast like this. It's the ultimate starve the beast opportunity of all time. You know, we stop giving our money to big box stores. We stop supporting these governments. And then, man, if it gets to the push, these federal income taxes, which were in Canada, were brought under Jean Chrétien, and he he only brought it in to help pay off some war, and that's already been done. So why? And he said, "Oh, it'll be gone when the when we've paid it off." They told you the same thing in America. Oh, we just needed to pay off the war efforts. They keep having wars so they can keep the taxes going, right? So if we just go, well, I'm just not going to pay my federal income tax. If every Canadian that waved a flag on that day decided they're not going to pay federal income tax, and every trucker that went out there, and every person that's a tradesman or whatever just decided not to do it, it'd be the ultimate act of non-compliance. And um, I don't, because I don't know what else to do. It's either that, or I, we flee our country and let it die the Venezuelan death, or it's, we're, it's literally physical, it's physical wartime, right? Like that's it. Um, and nobody wants to have that happen. Uh, if you look at what happened in Ukraine in 2013, 2014, like, it mirrors Canada identically, except it went to the next level. And then it got into an actual shooting war with the government. Like it was insane. Um, yeah, this is this is actually Rand's solution as well, because sorry for the spoiler alert, Erasmus, and now you're in the middle of reading it. But I mean, in, in Atlas Shrugged, what was the solution, right? They just withdrew their services. They withdrew yeah. everything. Exactly. Said, That's okay, the spirit. You don't want us? You collapse on yourself. And when you fucking burn to the ground, then we'll come and we'll work together as individuals, those who have realized, those who, those who have awakened to, to individual rights and property rights. But until that 100%. point comes, we're done. We'll put the tools down. We won't exert our intellectual ability. We won't exert our effort. Here, see how you go. Let the depraved be the depraved. Let the depraved crumble upon itself. And then when, when, when it's finished, when it's burnt to the ground, then we'll return. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's the... Uh, John Galt speech on yeah. fire, you know, yeah. imagine that speech. Everybody did that. That's the best way because then history looks back and whatever ends up happening. Um, we did the right thing. We acted lawfully and we acted in morally the highest morality. Yeah. Right. And we acted within our right as individuals, not even just citizens of a country with some charter somewhere. We acted as citizens that have an internal constitution and a moral fiber, right? And that's what Ayn Rand was trying to encourage because she knew, she knew the only way to combat America at that time from being totally swept away by these communists and these fascists coming in 
was to engender this feeling within Americans that you are an individual, you are a free person based on your value and your merit. Um, and so we need to use that. So yeah, I think, I think that's the best play. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, though, because I'll tell you this. They arrested violently numerous Canadian veterans that were there protesting in front of a war memorial. Um, it was so egregious. I, I'm shocked that it happened, but it happened. And that those people, they don't think the way we do in terms of how things get solved. They were trained by the government how to really take over and do that shit. So if those people get pissed off, mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm really hoping that they don't do anything, but yeah. um, you, you just, it's a tinderbox scenario where all it's going to take is a match. They could even stage a false flag that looks realistic to people and everybody just goes and it's just that it just turns to shit. So we're all hoping that doesn't happen, but um, yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a situation here. And I keep telling everybody, remember Canada, it's not the only ones. This is everywhere. And there's all these people like, well, I'm going to go flee to the States and seek asylum. And I'm like, yeah, but they got their other problems, man. And that could be over in a day. They get that guy out. They get DeSantis out and put some other schmuck in. Like yeah. you either flee, you either fight the tyrant or you flee. And right now there is no place to flee to. The whole world is fighting against these psychopathic globalists. You know what I mean? Yeah. And on, on a macro level, I really feel like what humanity is receiving now is kind of what we sowed. It's, 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 it's the equivalent necessary for us to reverse the indoctrination from these collectivist ideologies back to the individual. And the, the, the pain, the suffering, the force, I, I believe on a macro level, all that is equivalent to how far we drifted and how ignorance we had been and how much we had taken for granted. Um, in, in, in individual rights, you know, and how much we handed our minds over to be molded by these collectivist ideologies, no matter which format that it comes in. Um, and this is, we we're getting this lesson now. And if you look at each country as separate entities, you can see in Australia and Canada, we never, we never fought for our freedom either, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why we're receiving the force at the level that it is. Right. Because that's what needs to be awakened within the individual in order to reclaim their power. Because we have given away so much power. We've given away so much responsibility. And until that fire, fire comes back to the individual and is like, I alone am responsible for my life. And I alone will do what it takes to be the best that I can be and exert my ability to exalt myself and no longer be reliant on all these people that have said that have been like, oh, no, don't worry. You don't have to do anything. You just sit there. Everything we provided for you. Right? So it's, it's right. all good. All these people that have lost the, the ability to think rationally and logically and to act and to do and to be responsible, this is what has to come back. And I, I, I deeply believe that this is the only way that it can be on some level. I'm hundred percent. I mean, and you're asking us, let me know what you think, but like, I think it's so challenging for me because of the emotions of it. I'm sure you feel it too, guys. Like you, you mm -hmm. feel it like my ancient warrior DNA is kicking on every two seconds. And I got to fuck, I got to be like, no, no, Zen, man, let's focus here. Um, because, you know, you care that that comes from care. That's your humanity. That's that blue flame of anger that you have to keep it blue. Don't let it, don't let it go red. But you, you sit back and you go, only at the precipice do people change. Only at the, when you hit a wall, only when tyranny walks across your doorstep, only when that bully starts pushing you. Do you find yourself because you're demanded by nature in that moment to find your strength and your courage. 
and, and to really understand. Like it's the loss of freedom in Canada that is waking people up to what freedom is. And then when the news media is writing articles like the Global Mail today going, the trucker convoy showed us the darker side of freedom. When they started saying shit like that, everybody that just experienced freedom being taken from them yeah. is going to go, oh, that's the liar. Yeah. That's the lie. I experienced the truth because you can't tell people the truth. You have to experience the truth. And to experience the truth, you have to experience the trauma that comes with the truth. Yeah. And uh, truth and freedom are buddies. But that's what I think. Erasmus, what do you think, man? Well, I was just going to um, comment on, uh, fuck, oh, the one thing, I think why Canada, why I think this trucker convoy happened there, because again, I think all around the world, we look at Canadians as like really nice people. And so yeah. if you look at the psyche as this compensatory mechanism, so most Canadians are like, oh, I'm nice. I just want to live my life. I do my thing. But what's on the other side? It's not like then a person just loses this part of them that's going to stand up and and, and fight for something. They just maybe just don't do that. They just go along and they live their life. And so then this thing happens and your government pushes you to this place. And yet this part that maybe has been laying dormant awakens and you see what's happening on this mass level and why it's happening maybe in Canada because Canada's Canadians been considering have been considered the like some of the nicest people in the world. I mean, I yeah, had I spent some time backpacking around the globe and it was during times where man, America didn't have the best reputation. And so when I would tell people I was from here, they'd have this, like, they'd give me this, like, look sometimes. But I met other Americans, I don't know, in the last maybe 20 years, I would talk to people who were traveling, and they would say they were Canadian when they were in certain <laughs> places backpacking. And I actually know some backpackers who had a Canadian patch on their backpack, just so maybe, like, people didn't mess with them because they were from the u.s that was starting all these wars and doing what the u.s does you know what i mean right, so right. i think i think that that's my main thought on that um outside of just the ridiculousness of all these mainstream media articles where they're like painting freedom as this bad word but that's how con that's how these people roll that's how collective let's call them collectivists that's what they are mm -hmm. uh that's how they roll they must slowly engender the idea in the public that freedom is bad and tyranny is good and how do you do that you can't just say that you can't go we actually want to bring back feudalism mixed with ai and technology um so guys freedoms they, they have to sell it so what do they do they take organic movements they they try to infiltrate them they try to manipulate they try to cast shade on it and then in the end they go look look there was honking there was bouncy castles there was children with smiles on their faces and no masks. And there was old ladies there singing the national anthem. Well, that's not they? an argument. Yeah, but th th that's not an argument, is it? So they have to go, look, there's a Nazi flag. There's this person gave money to that person over there that ended up being someone who's a misogynist. Yeah. Or they, or they, or they paint a, uh, a swastika somewhere and take a picture of it and then it goes all over the news <laughs> that's that all they gotta do and then now after it's done because they have the optics that's what they wanted they were trying so hard watch the footage they were trying so hard these cops to push people enough to get a reaction they planted people in the front lines to try to go and attack police and shit. you know how they roll right and people yeah. identified them immediately were like no 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 we love you the guys are handing the cops flowers and asking them hey you have kids you have kids fight for freedom like love won the spirit of, of love and freedom won it's just 
it lost its steam because they sent in brute force, right? Yeah. Total brute force. But, but that alone was also, this is what I'm trying to get. I'm going to keep it in my own mind and tell my fellow Canadians this, listen, that was a big loss by the government. I know you saw the RCMP taking photos after going, look, we won the war. We cleared out all the truckers. We're so cool for being the Gestapo. And you think you just, it's, it burns you because you feel like you lost, right? But you didn't lose nothing. You woke up the world. You showed, can you showed the world what Canada's really made of underneath all those smiles and high fives. Mm -hmm. And you showed that there is a way to fight this without sh a shot being fired. And if a shot ever is fired, it's going to come from the real tyrants, which will expose them further. So every move they're making is exposing them further. Trudeau's approval ratings around the world are through the shitter right now. Did you know that even Iran and China were tweeting against Trudeau for what he did to the truckers? So I get to grow up and tell my grandkids I lived in a time where our Canadian prime minister was so tyrannical that even China and Iran we're criticizing the man like that's <laughs> history, man. We just made history. And so I go, all right, go home, lick your wounds, realize the victory you had. And trust me, our numbers just grew by four. All right. Times four minimum. And, and the next move, whatever the government does next, that's going to, it's going to keep adding to that. And then guess what? We also didn't just help show that in this country and we've inspired others as See, Australia inspired me last year when there were massive protests going on there, what I wasn't seeing in Canada. I was seeing like 40 people show up to a protest, right? In Australia, it's like the whole freaking thing was lit up. In, in, in Germany, there was what, 1.2 million people out there with candles, like right in like 2020? Like, so we, had, we all tested different things. We've got cases lining up. We've got the Canadian Constitutional Rights Center and the Canadian Liberties Association are suing the federal government. We have the Honorable Brian Peckford, who's the last surviving architect of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, who's suing the federal government. He'll be a hard guy to, to, to say no to because he knows the charter better than anybody sitting in the Supreme Court. Um, we've got so there are, and there, there's so many things that are happening. We've got police resigning because they disagree with this shit. We've got oh, the vets are all pissed off which means the active military guys are going to be getting their backs. And then the, 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 get this, this is hilarious. The government all over Canada tried to call every single tow trucking company in Canada, every single one, okay? Not one of them would go and tow truckers because guess what? They are tow truckers and the yeah. truckers are a brotherhood that they don't mess with each other even if they don't agree with each other okay they just no i'm not the government fuck the government i'm not going to do that so not a single trucking company would tow trucks you know what they had to do they had to go to the they even tried to ask trucking companies in the u.s to come over the border to tow canadian truckers okay that didn't work so you know what they did the rcmp had to go buy tow trucks themselves and then try to drive them in tow trucks away. That's how it ended up going down. So it just shows you that nobody in the world agree, except for the COVIDians, which you're never going to wake them up. But nobody agreed with what the government was doing. Trudeau is on Tucker Carlson, and Tucker Carlson is just like destroying this guy every day. It's making mainstream headline news all over the world that Trudeau is a fucking loser and he's a failure and he's a tyrant and he's. Like, so he's going to, I think what they're going to do is get rid of him. Mm -hmm. They're going to promote either Christiana Freeland or maybe even Pierre Polyev on the conservative side 
um, who at least on paper would be against the government mandates, but we'll see how that works out. But what's interesting is that people should never be feeling like this was a failure. This was one of the biggest victories we've had considering the whole world has been trying different ways of dealing with this whole globalist shit for a long time. And we're learning valuable lessons and that's what you need to do. Uh, you, you don't always perfect your craft right away. Mm -hmm. We're new at this. Every, most of the people at these protests never been to a protest in their life. They didn't know. They're not professional protesters. This was just regular people with their Tim Hortons. You know what I mean? So yes. now we've learned a lesson. And that means we can improve what we're doing, right? And so that's why I think in the end, this is a beautiful thing, even though I'm absolutely livid. Yeah. Thanks for the update, man. <laughs> that's a lot, but <laughs> shit. And then I got one more thing. Sure. So what people need to know, when I say, and I've been saying it a lot, that the government of Canada, and I'm speaking Canadian because that's where I live. It's the same everywhere, but. The government of Canada for two years, including right now, is in gross violation of national law and international law. What people need to know is that's not hyperbole. That's fact. Okay. I've confirmed this with constitutional lawyers, people in the military. It's fact. Canada is so funny that before all this shit, Canada, under the liberal agenda, made a whole bunch of anti-discrimination laws and shit like that, right? So there's those laws. There's obviously the Charter of Rights, which is the highest law of the land. That's how all police have been trained, is that that's the highest law of the land. That's part of the, the police oath. So every police officer that went to enforce Trudeau's edicts are in violation of the Canadian law, okay? Then there's the international law that Canada has signed on to, like the ICCPR, the Rome Statutes, the Nuremberg Code, the Geneva Convention, etc. So that's international law that was all established after the Nuremberg trials in Germany. All those laws branched out from it. And Canada signed on to that in like the 60s and 70s. So we're signatures on it. America, Australia are signatures on those. So that means that the same, so because, and because those laws have to do with crimes against humanity or breaches of national law that are egregious and end up in citizens dying at the hand of their government, which is exactly what's happening, right? They withheld known treatments and cures for two years straight, resulting in the mo most of the deaths you're seeing were, could have been prevented, all right? A lot of them were just the flu anyways, but they, they committed scientific fraud. They uh, changed all policy, even within Canada. I looked up the actual policy of Canada from day one until 2020 of how they deal with pandemics and they do a controlled uh, setup. They don't do mass universal quarantining and any of that shit. So they broke their own medical policies. Then they locked people down, which resulted in suicides, overdoses, and all these harms and psychological problems and all kinds of shit. Um, and then now they're, and, the, and then p their policies ended up having people lose their livelihoods. That's also a breach of international law because that's called sanctioning against your citizens, which is not what you're allowed to do if there's no justification. So, and then now they're giving people these jabs and they're not just giving them the jabs. Under the Nuremberg Code, it says you cannot use psychological pressure. If, so they're talking in context of a medical experiment, okay? Mm -hmm. You cannot use psychological pressure. You cannot use coercion. You cannot use force like they did in Germany. Well, the government is using psychological pressure by 24-7 propaganda from the media, by encouraging the citizens to report their neighbors who aren't vaccinated, 
that's some Stasi shit right there by um, um, threatening people's livelihoods. That's coercion. That's saying, take the jab or you lose your job. That's coercion. I put the legal definition of what that means right there. It says it. So that's a violation of the Nuremberg code and all these. And then I mirrored it in all these other international laws. And so that means the government of Canada is guilty according to law in international courts of crimes against humanity. So that means that just as America went into Kosovo or went into Iraq and Afghanistan to go save them and liberate them from some dictator, they used the ICCPR to justify doing that. Did you know that? That was voted in the Security Council and that was the international law that America used and Canada signed on and went into to help in order to help save people whose governments were abusing those laws. Now we know there's other agendas and all that shit, but just table that. Just on a basic, in, in court, that's what would stand. Which means that technically, if America wanted to come in and save Canada, or if Canada wanted to win its freedom and go save Australia, we're protected under international law because our governments are committing crimes against citizens that breach those laws. And there's so much more to that, but I just want people to know, and they can go on my Telegram, I've posted a video of myself breaking the laws down, and then I've posted all the links so that people can go read it for themselves. And I know that the government is not going to follow the laws. Nobody's following those laws. But that's how you wake people up, especially people that are just new to this, is you actually show them the laws and you say, the government is breaking the laws. That's why those truckers were there, right? And that's, that's been very effective for me, at least, as I've been trying to tell people this. Mm. Do you feel Bro. like, um, you know, like these breaches are so egregious and they just keep happening to, to, to no extent. Do you feel like people are demoralized to even give a fuck? What the fuck does the law matter, Dave? Who cares about the law? They're, they're, they're doing what they want anyway. You know, like, yep. well, what's, what's the point? And then well, what's the solution? What's the solution to that? Right. Well, solutions we're working on. I, I mean, I've got solutions on the individual level, of course, like you guys yeah. talk about, but, um, and I do have some ideas as well, but um, there's something that I want to quickly tell you guys about that we have to be aware of here, mm -hmm. which is that this was sent by my friend who, uh, who was from Venezuela. And he listened to the interview I did on Bernhard Gunther's show, where we got into the whole PSYOP question, right? Because all this stuff was flying around the alternative media about how the trucker convoy is a psyop to help the globalists achieve all their aims and all this help stuff. Elon Musk get the what yeah. the self-driving trucks. Oh my god, yeah. Elon Musk supported it. He's controlled. Everyone's controlled up these days, you know. Everybody's He's a control. Every, control so, that fucking turn around like it's, it's psyop porn. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay? It's psyop. Well, we're we're Illuminati members, by the way. Just all of us, because yeah, we're all. <laughs> I I wave my hands in a weird way. I must be trying to destroy. While well, I'm trying to expose these people, I don't understand. But anyways. Um, he said there were three terms that were identified by intellectuals in Venezuela that the government was using as a tactic on the Venezuelan people before they started making their big moves. And these three terms are this, learned despair, learned helplessness, and learned indefension. So what that means is the real PSYOP is to engender hopelessness and demoralization in the public. And so that's something. And if you think of what Yuri Bezmenov broke down when he came over, the KGB guy, he's got, there's four stages to totalitarian takeover. And he goes, there's destabilization, 
demoralization, introduce a crisis, and then normalize the changes. And that's what's happening around the world. But I wanted to point those three terms out about learned despair, learned helplessness, learned indefension, because to me, that's why I think there's a lot of this invading the alternative space, because it's, it's vulnerable to that, um, to put all these little stories and these little backgrounds to make, to twist events just enough so that they look like some kind of psyop, right? Now, that doesn't mean there haven't been government actors that have infiltrated protests. Of course, we like I told everybody, I'm like, yeah, they're going to infiltrate us. That's what they do. Be ready. Like, that doesn't mean sit at home. But when I see people saying psyop, 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 I'm like, okay, what's your solution then? What, what, what do you think we should do? You're going to call this a psyop. So then what's a better way to, to go about this? And then it's crickets. And I'm like, okay, so you don't really have anything to say, in my opinion, because you're just trying to cast shade on it. Because literally, it's either this, or we like pick up our guns and shit. All right. And, and I, tr I promise you, nobody wants that. Okay. It's, it, it would be horrific. I don't think people get it. It's not Hollywood. It, real, real war is fucking evil, man. It's, ho it, it's horrible. Nobody wants that. But yeah. if they can keep you in despair, the feeling of helplessness, the feeling of indefension, by doing what all bullies do, which is to pretend they're bigger than they are and push you around and intimidate you and demoralize you. All, that's all the governments are doing right now. They don't really have all the power. They do have a bunch of automaton minions in the military and the police to enforce it, but now they're even losing those guys. Yeah. So it's like, I say, yep, there's a risk. Winning requires risk. And if we're going to battle, if I'm on the front line and I'm, we have an enemy that's invading our country about to kill us all, I don't want to hear a bunch of chitter chatter in the back, in the front lines behind me that's saying shit like, oh my God, they're going to fight back. As soon as we push back, they're going to push us back. We better just run home. I'd be like, get the fuck out of the front line. Go and clean some horse stables, man. Yeah. You're not here for this. Let the warriors do what warriors do. Uh, stay like, just seriously. So it's right now, it's every man, woman, and child that wants their freedom in your own way. You don't have to join some protest. You don't have to join a convoy. You don't have to join a group if you don't want to. Although we do kind of have to band together on this one, okay? But if you don't want, just don't comply. Don't demoralize. Have the mindset of a winner, which means I'm going out on my shield or I'm coming home on it. So I expect the government to try to throw monkey wrenches in the plan. I expect them to do shit to demonize us and make us look like they're not worth something. I expect them to infiltrate and try to make it a psyop. But does that mean we stop? Does that mean we don't fight back? I feel like that's the only logical conclusion of the, it's a psyop people, because they don't have a replacement um, suggestion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's the big thing is, is that the psyop term, psyop, 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 it's, it's a deflection. You know, they, they don't want to deal that's with it. the deep vulnerability of like what it means to be an individual, to take personal responsibility for life and to come up with solutions and to do something. And so it's just like, oh, I don't need to deal with it. It's a psyop, a psyop, psyop. So, uh, Joel, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yes, yeah, certainly. Well, I mean, um, leaning on certain unslaved episodes, to me, this kind of thinking is a psychological is rooted in Gnosticism, right? Everything's a trap. Everything's a prison. There is no solution. Mm. I'm here just to escape, right? There is no good. There is there is nothing mm. that can organically grow and and, and be of be, be beneficial, right? I'm only here because I'm trapped, and everything is against me. And I think this is this is this is the root of the psychological infiltration that we see with the everything is a psyop. Everything is a controlled is controlled opposition. It's so ridiculous, man. Djokovic, the the, the tennis player. 
the greatest tennis player of all time, comes in Australia, says, I, I, I'm not going to play. And I'm, he says, I'm not going to get vaccinated, right? And I'll, I'll relinquish the right to play just because I'm not going to get vaccinated. And they're calling this guy control the position. The one person that's literally representing you, standing up for you, right? But there's some magazine covers where, he, where he's doing this. So it's like people just can't see anything good sometimes. People can't see anything that's actually perfectly in alignment with what they want, that's actually beneficial to their values. They will just reject it. It's just like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, to me, I, I consider it to be rooted in that Gnostic thinking. Yeah, and also the thing too is like, people think anyone who's made a name for themselves, anyone who's considered famous or yeah. is considered a celebrity, that every single one of them you know, has signed a contract in their blood. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys are just, they're just flashing up those symbols. They don't even know what they mean. Yeah. They're just doing what they're told by their producer. They don't even the know. The photographer or whatever. Yeah, they like, be. like they hey, think it's why don't cool. you try this? They take a thousand pictures and it's like, yeah. hey, why don't you do this or cover your left eye or cover your right eye? And yeah. Man. The managers may be the top writers of yeah, these yeah, things, yeah. but the pe- we're, we're all human beings and people also go down wrong tracks and then come out and, and you know, that's yeah. how we get whistleblowers. So I, I love what both of you said. I agree hundred percent. It's a defeatism mindset. It's a loser mindset in my opinion. Now that's different. I have to separate this. I've done it in every show because it's very important. That's different than a well-meaning, loving, um, desire to warn people about possible outcomes, right? To say, hey, I saw some shady shit going on here with this person. We better make sure they're not somebody trying to foible this because that comes from a care of preserving the the fight, preserving this, what we're doing. But to try to chop it all down and chop it all up, that's when I know those people, they're the freaking psyop. Those people, they're paid to do that. That's KGB central right there. That is part of engendering the hopelessness. That's part of helping the government look bigger than they are. Right. And so as, as as we're in the space where we're exposing really big things and deep, dark rabbit holes. I mean, I'm producing cult of the medics for crying out loud. I'm showing you guys the biggest conspiracy on the planet, but I'm also not so stupid to say every doctor and nurse is a satanic sacrificing fucking psychopath. Like that's obviously ridiculous. That's low IQ. It's horrible. But what I am saying is, yep. There are witch covens and satanic cabals and Setian Atonist cliques and elite circles that do a lot of evil, horrible shit that you can't even imagine. Um, you know, they sell your body parts. They probably sell, they make money off your blood. Then worse, they, there's all kinds of shit, but it's a small group of people that simply have created the infrastructure through compartmentalization of how to keep their enterprise, their criminal evil enterprise going but there's still a few shattered souls that don't have souls, which means they're not as strong as you. They don't have the same light you do. They envy you for your light. They envy you for who you are. And that's why they're trying to, that's why they need to look at you like farm animals or open season prey, you know? And, but that's a small group. A lot of people out there. Um, I had this problem with people saying every cop, because of, of course we've seen a lot of police brutality. We've seen a lot of horrible things done by police. Yet I'm still sitting there backing up policing and police officers because I personally know a lot of them are some of the best people I've ever met. They're brave. They do the job nobody would want to do. Okay. And a lot of them got into it with good intentions. I just posted a letter from a member of the Canadian police that 
wrote this long letter of, of, letter of his resignation and precisely why, and that he grew up seeing the police as a tool of real justice and that it was, they were the guys that the criminals feared, but the public loved and respected. That's what he wanted to be. That's why he became a police officer. And then he saw what just went down and he resigned, putting his family in jeopardy in doing so but he went with his moral compass. So how, who, how dare anybody say, yeah, Dave, but they wear all these Masonic symbols with the star and the thing and the hat and the hat. they're all a bunch of evil aluminum. I'm like, no, they're human beings. Yeah, the system, they don't forget even all those symbols were once high symbols of, of spiritual uh, truth and, and mythology and, and all kinds of things. They just got hijacked. The dark side here doesn't create anything of its own. It can only steal from the good. Evil can only steal from the good because the force of evil is a parasitic force. So it doesn't create anything. It just steals it, remixes it, throws it back at you because that's the bait on the fish hook. Get it? Right? So don't just general, oh, I saw an Illuminati pyramid. That guy must be fucking eating babies. Like, there are people that eat babies, okay? But it's like a fucking very small group of people. All right? And they go back to ancient Babylonian cults these people aren't in on that shit. They're not even close to that. So we, that's why just like what I'm trying to ask for in this alternative field is a little bit more nuance, a little bit more intelligence. Mm -hmm. That's what we've tried to do on Unslaved. That's why I've hooked up with people like Michael who has that one day he'll advocate for one idea. The next show he'll do the opposite to show you a contrast. And then you have to think for yourself. Uh, one day we're exposing the Illuminati or whatever. And another day he's, you know, showing you the counter to that and how there were many positive Masons in history that were trying to expose it. And, you know, so it's, we have to have balance. And I think with just the oversaturation of information that people get exposed to, it's really easy to just go down a few rabbit holes, take that imprint, and then just cast it on everybody. Yeah. And now you're in this place where everything's evil. There's you're back to that Gnosticism shit again, eh, Joel? like that. Everything's evil. It's hopeless. We're all just, you know, and we need to, so if anything on truth warrior, I don't get everything right. I don't know, but I have a feeling in me of optimism. I've always been a glasses half full kind of person, but I've remained very, uh, I keep that caution as well, be realistic, but I know that if people start losing hope and people start losing themselves because they feel helpless for sure, we're going to lose for sure. That'll be the most devastating thing that could ever happen to the freedom people that are fighting for freedom. Yeah. So if you're going to be a captain on the line and you're going to have a show and you're going to have a blog and you're going to write books, uh, go inspire some hope and belief and show people the true magnitude of who and what they are. Teach people their power. Uh, don't disempower them just by showing them photos of the enemy all day. Like show them enough photos of the enemy so that they know there's an enemy. I mean, we need that, but don't make it look like, oh, they're, the, they're, un they're unstoppable. There's Illuminati agents hiding under your bed and in every closet and around every corner. Um, remember, we're all human beings fighting this fight together, you know? Yeah, man. And this this whole demoralization, this feeling of hopelessness, that's because that individual isn't exerting productive effort. You know what I mean? Look at, Nathan look at Nathaniel Brandon's Boom. basic definition of self-esteem, right? It's the competence to deal with the basic challenges of life. So this pressure that we're feeling now, the, fertile, the ground is so fertile for the individual hero to awaken within themselves, right? Yes. There's, there's, the system doesn't want you anymore. You don't worry about it. What are you going to do for yourself? What actions can you make to exalt yourself now and prove and not, not even prove yourself, but just it's, it's, it, it's achievable. You can take your power back. You know, you, you can do things on your own terms now. 
And uh, it's more doable than ever because how it's clear as day that you can't rely on the system. You can't rely on the collective. You, that's it, right? So develop actual self-esteem. Now is the time where you can stand in the middle, in the, in the precipice and re, refocus your gaze and be like, what do I actually want to do? What do I actually want to achieve? What do I actually value? What are my goals? And then take productive action towards those. Then we're not going to be in a state of demoralization. We're going to have awakened individuals who voluntarily choose to band together because they share ideals. They share values. They don't share a common enemy. They share values. Now we're talking about morality. And I think this is, you're asking us and I share this. This is our, we feel our purpose deeply is to awaken that within the, within the individual. To me, there isn't really a collective solution. There's only a collective solution of individual minds voluntarily choosing to, 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 to share a common value, right? Not, not, there's not a common good that suits every single person. Dude, you got to clip that little bit out and post it. That was awesome. That was well said. I, I couldn't have said it better. That was, that's exactly it. Thanks, man. I will. <laughs> <laughs> now, by the way, your song, I, I, I was so glad you let me put it at the end of chapter six there. It was so, I freaking love that bit, man. You're doing such good work. And that's an example, like what you guys are doing, two individuals coming together to walk together as free people to try to make positive change in the world. Um, that's, if, if what you're saying there is imagine that magnified, right? Not just one leader with a bunch of faceless globs, just tell me where to go, what to do. Okay. Jump over the bridge, drink the Kool-Aid. Okay. Like that, that shit's got to go, but empowered individuals bringing that spirit of freedom back and the true spirit of masculinity and again, we're not talking men or women here. We're talking on the spiritual psychic sense of masculine, feminine. We need to bring masculinity means you're taking action in your life. All those things you were talking about, about uh, finding your uniqueness, building your, your self-identity, your self-love, self-knowledge, uh, getting up and being productive, finding solutions in your life, and then working with others. Um, that's, all, that's all masculine stuff. And that's what they tried to destroy in both men and women. And uh, it's the solution overall. I'm not going to wait, um, hold my breath to, for the whole human race to get it. But I mean, I still think that if we can keep encouraging that process along with all this other stuff and exposing all the stuff we do, yep. that's what's going to separate us from what, what everybody else is trying to do, which is just blast everybody with headlines all day and just traumatize the hell out of them so that they are demoralized. You got to show it. You have to show people the, the dark, but you also have to show them the light. And you have to show the relationship. It's a yin-yang balanced approach. Uh, too much of one will lead you into the new age movement and religion. Too much of the other will lead you into just a total, you know, atheistic, pessimistic worldview where you think you're nothing and you're no meaning to anything. So you find a middle ground of feet on the ground, head in the clouds, right? Yeah. And think of the future. What kind of future do you want? And I'm, I, I have a, I'm a parent, so I think deeply about that in a little bit different way. Because I'm also sitting there going, I've got to make my daughters individuals, but they're helpless right now. And I have to do something to make this country a better place for them to grow up in. So hell yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, possibly get arrested for donating $20 to some truckers and going out and waving a flag and giving some people some hugs. If that's illegal in my country, then I'm going to do that. But I also am fighting this on a bigger level too, with the show I do and the work I do and yep. working with guys like you. So 
I love that we're from different parts of the globe and we're all talking the same thing. And um, I feel like the same conversation is having all happening all over, which makes me really believe that there is a movement in human consciousness in general. I think maybe it's just a, where we are in our, our time and, and in the stars and in the universe right now, that this is exactly the, the opportunity. This is an opportunity right now for us to awaken on a level that we couldn't do without having this challenge in front of, of us right course. now. People have been floating along, man, taking things for granted to a certain degree. And so th this is, this is what happens when you're, when you're faced with challenges and people either own up to it and they go, Hey, I'm going to improve my life. Or I'm going to become who I want to be, or they're going to fold. And so I, yeah, I'm grateful, man. The last two years of my life have been two of the, I mean, there's been challenges, but two of the best years, man. I mean, shit, uh, we, we connected and through enslaved, I connected. You started a podcast. <laughs> we started a podcast. We started a podcast. We're about to, we just announced our eight week uh, coaching program called rise above the herd. Oh, nice. You know, that we're doing. So it's nice. like all this shit that's happening and we're creating and we're moving towards something and want to take our journeys and our lessons and what we've learned and help inspire and help, help educate others to understand that where that power lies, you know, to understand, to take personal responsibility for the things that you truly can, can control. And then to know the difference of what you can't control. You know what I mean? So it's like, that, that's where I, that's where I, uh, I come from, man. It's like, I have to focus on what I can do and what I can control and, and then be honest with myself when I'm, I'm absolving myself of some self-responsibility and looking in the mirror and like, where, where can I improve and how can I be a better person? So Man, I'm so grateful, dude, for everything that's been going on. I know a lot of people are suffering. Um, we all have our challenges. We're all different. But at the end of the day, that's like what Joel said before, like control what you can control. Look in the mirror and really look deep within yourself and be like, who are you? Who am I? What is my purpose on this planet? How can I awaken that fire within and go out there and be a badass motherfucker? Excuse my language. <laughs> I love it. It's true, bro. The thing is, you're not a nobody. You're not a nothing. You know what I mean? And I don't want you to look to me for pseudo self-esteem or to look to David or to look to Michael or to look to your Erasmus or to look to anyone, right? You need to awaken that within yourself. You need to awaken that by exerting productive effort. But you have this one life, right? Whether or not there's other lives, whether there's not, there's reincarnation. Existence is existence. Reality is the fact. You know, so what are you going to do? Are you going to just sit there and, 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 and be a nothing and continue to look to other heroes, you know what I mean, to, to, to bring you that kind of pseudo-satisfaction? Or are you just going to get up and, and be the best that you can be every single day? Because why the hell else are you here if not to live as the highest? I mean, the most badass, the most virtuous, live up to your values because you're capable of that and, you're, and you can develop competence to do that. And the feeling of that, you got all these people out there fighting for external freedom, but the inner baggage that they're carrying is beyond belief. They're living in 24-7 resentment. They're living their lives out of obligation to so many different collectives, not just on the big scale, but their partnerships, their family, their friend circles. That, that inner freedom, I'm sorry to say, it has to be earned. It's not given. Mm. We, live in the, we live in this realm, whatever it is, where you earn that shit, you know, and you do that by understanding who you are, understanding your values, and not compromising on that. Oh, that's epic. Both of you guys. This is great. Everybody keep coming back to this podcast, man. This is good stuff because this was where I started my work, man. I started in that personal development sort of world, right? I was a coach. Um, I got into Nathaniel Brandon a while back and many other great teachers, you know, reading people like Bruce Lee and so many others 
who taught me that, you know, yeah. the real martial art world, not the fake one, which sadly is more than you'd think. Uh, but the real stuff, the real masters knew about exactly what we're talking about. And that's why I dedicated my work to trying to resurrect that warrior tradition, because I think that's what's been lost. People have lost their spine. There's a lot of people that agree with us. There's a lot of people that agree that there's something wrong with the world, that there's something wrong with what the media is telling them and their governments are doing and what's happening. But they haven't found what you're talking about, Joel, um, which is necessary for them to actually do something about it, even in just in their own lives, let alone trying to help save their country or the world or anything like that, just in their own lives. And so as we are all absorbing what's happening and learning and and trying to share information and alert each other about what's going on. Don't forget to take that time to really work on yourself right now. And that's what I've done. And it's weird how I'm, I've, I've always been at my best when I'm put in the spotlight on the spot with a challenge, you know, I, I've always had my best moments. Um, and it seems like humanity goes through that too, where we, we need, we need the, the dark side of the force. We need the challenge. We need a tyrant to come out and say, Hey, well, if you're not going to lead your own life, I'll do it for you. You know? Mm -hmm. And we need that in order to put the question, this is what's happening right now. Humanity is being, every individual in the world is being asked a question and people haven't thought about that. They just think something's happening to me. I don't like it. What do I do? No. But instead go, Oh no, you're being asked a question. There's a, per there's a way higher purpose to all of this. So you're being asked a question. Do you want freedom or not? Because freedom isn't just like you said, a piece of paper where now you can go to the mall whenever you want and travel to Mexico once a year on vacation that you can take from your slave job. It's not freedom. Uh, freedom exists even in people when they're chained to walls, man. Like people have written the best shit I've ever read on freedom after experiencing the maximum of incarceration and torture. Isn't that weird? Like you don't got some guy living in Beverly Hills with millions of dollars and everything he wants with a big pot belly coming out with these amazing, deep understandings of the meaning of life. It just doesn't happen. It comes from people that were chained to walls and whipped, right? So humanity is being chained to a wall and whipped. And that's giving us an opportunity to answer that question for ourselves that says, I do want my freedom. And I'm I'm going to develop the courage that it takes to have the personal responsibility and, and, and hold myself accountable enough to wield that freedom and to live. Freedom is lived. Like you said, it's earned 100%. Every, every challenge we go through, every developmental thing we have, everything we want, every cent we earn, everything we produce, everything has to be earned right in this world. They're trying to create a world of pretend in metaverse or whatever the hell. Uh, to make it look like you don't have to earn anything and there's no consequences anymore, guys. You can come in here and be whatever you want. There's 87 genders to choose from, you know, and, and you go, but that's the inauthentic life. We're all going to commit suicide if we live like this. Why? Because humans were built by nature. We were built to go through trials and tribulations to grow. And so, yep, humanity needed this. It's in the stars. It's in the cycles. Every what's the, I don't know what, every 200 years or something, there's always a big push like this for tyranny. And so here we are. So, you know, I'm glad to see people showing up. But even if you were the last person in the world, even if you're the only person in the world standing up for it, you owe it to yourself to stand for it. 
I personally, I live by that motto. I'd rather go out on my feet than live on my knees. I will never bend a knee because I made that promise to myself. And I don't care what laws they write that my promise to myself is my constitution that I wrote for myself. It's written on my heart and in my mind, and I will defend it to the death, to the death. I would rather die than concede that. So Trudeau can say whatever the fuck he wants. Christiana Freeland come out shaking like a freaking Sabbath siege. I don't know what's wrong with her. She's glitching these days and come out and say, oh, we're going to take all your money. Take all my fucking money. It's not worth shit because I made promises to myself because freedom is, is, is who I am, right? So you can't take that from me. You can torture me. You can tie me up. You can put me in jail. I don't give a fuck. You're not taking this from me. And that's the spirit we need. That's the level that you have to be at if you want to win this fight. I think you should, uh, yeah. we'll send you that clip, that last clip. We'll cut it up. Oh, yeah. post it. <laughs> <laughs> My belly's on fire today, man. I'm, I, I'm, I want to fucking do some sparring or something, but I, Dude, I, I love it, man. Bad, but shit. Sorry. Yo, I, no, it's, no, it's all good. I was just making a joke. and I'm uh, trying to be all prim and proper here. And then I'm just like, dude, up. I throw F-bombs out all the time, man. It's all good. Again, the, the, the two sides, you know what I'm saying, man? Yeah. Like, oh, and I love it. That's who I am. Proper and then just. Yeah, I love it, man. I, also, the, there's some numerical, numerological significance today. We're having this really deep conversation, too. I don't know. What is it, like 2, 22, 22 today? I don't know. There's a so, bunch of two. Really? Yeah, I guess A lot, so. lot of twos today. Yeah, it. February 22nd, 2022. Oh. So, you know, man, there's a reason why we're having this conversation. Yeah, and I believe in that, man. I believe it. Higher forces come to the aid of those who, you know, push forward in this fight. And so, two, 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 whatever it is. There we go. It's a mess. Yeah, that's it, guys. No one has to do anything today. Just sit there and think about your wildest fantasies and they're, they're going to come true. You got to take action, man. You take action. <laughs> this is the day. The, the, the law of attraction will just put that Porsche in your driveway if you do it right. No, no. I, I think that, um, yeah, even all this stuff about the financial system and everything. You know what's been beautiful? I've never been closer to people in my community than now. I'm going to these like pot, there's these little potluck groups meeting all over the island all the time, right? And they just, people bring stuff and they talk and everybody's got ideas and they brought me down to speak at one of these things and it was a lot of fun. And um, I just, I felt more connected to people that are all sitting there. Okay, we need a seed bank. We need to get some, like, where's the farmers? Where's the hunters? Where's the fishermen? How do we, and what people are figuring out as we're all sitting here is that we don't need the matrix. We don't need the big corporations that are raping and pillaging our countries. I'm not against having a, a, a justifiable business, but we don't need these bastards. We don't need the cult of the medics. We got all these people who've been fired from their jobs that are like, now what do I do? Right. And it's, isn't that funny? People were forcibly pushed away from their normie lives. And now they're like, what do I do? And some people went into depression and are drinking themselves to sleep every night. Other people are productively trying to find out what they're supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. And that's awesome. And now I'm teaming up with people like that, that are all coordinating. Everybody's got walkie talkies and ham radios and they're, they're finding all the best fishing spot, you know? So they're like, if the if the supply chain goes down or if this happens, or we're going to start making our own banks. So you're seeing it like because of the pressure of getting kicked out of the matrix, people are trying to find a way to rebuild. And so in a way, Klaus Schwab is sitting there in Davos trying to do this build back better shit, great reset. While we're at, because of all the stuff he's doing, he's just pushed all these people to try to do their own reset. And uh, it's all going to be about who wins, you know, but I think it's going to be us.
Right, there's something different when people meet with 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 aligned values. I mean, now you go you yeah. go to these protests, you get you you share values with these people, and that's a different kind of relationship compared to you know what I mean. Just some tyrannical oversight telling you what everyone should feel and think, and what's the best and what's the worst, and this right. You have individuals coming together who have unique values, but also they're in common, and that, that there's nothing like that. Um, and there's a resurgence of the most grassroots local communities now, you know, um, yeah. that's, that's taking place. People that are realizing, waking up more and more every day, as you said, we don't need it. We don't need your school. We don't need your businesses. We don't need your banks. We don't need any of it. Um, and you people know, haven't even been talking to each other, guys. They yeah. don't talk physically in a presence of another human anymore. It's all on Zoom. It's all on a screen. It's all texting. It's all messaging. Yeah. So I saw the contrast of what you're saying there, Joel, at, uh, in Ottawa, when, and I saw it even in Victoria. They started having these counter protests. So like the protest to protest the protest. <laughs> having and you, you, it was so, like if you see, it was so obvious the difference between the two groups, right? So like the, the counter protesters, those are the guys that were all probably going to like the BLM rallies and all that stuff. And they're all jabbed up, wearing two masks, out with signs, and they're marching like it reminded me of like Lord of the Rings, where the orc army is just like this. Yeah. And they're all and they're just like together, united, we can never be defeated. Who, who wants free? Who wants get rid of the truckers? We do. Like yeah. no energy, full synchronization. All their signs say shit like gas the unvaccinated and uh, you know, just horrible insults. They're just full of seething rage and hate but they don't even have the energy to support their own beliefs. And then contrasted, there's a freaking party happening with yeah. these guys. They're sitting there handing out free food. The homeless people in Ottawa put on weight for crying out loud. They've never been better taken care of. The <laughs> roads were pristinely clean. There's shovels all over. These truckers were going into restaurants and cleaning the bathrooms for people. Like people were bringing, there's so much food, so much food. Like you just realize, Holy shit, not a single Canadian needs to starve. Not a single one. These truckers took better care of people in Ottawa than the mayor or the government ever did. And then you got these Karen army coming in. Not that there was like what, like a hundred people or something. They're like, go home. You're honking too loud. I'm like, what's your protest? You guys have zero energy. And I just I remember even going into Victoria. And it's just jubilation. It's like watching Canada Day every day. Like it's like every day, people are just so happy and eyes are light up. And then there's these guys that are like, fuck you, you fucking, like they're just like, Argh. and you just see it. And so angry. Like, they're so, so angry. angry. I'm like, where's the hate coming from? I, so I, I proved that. I go down and I've got, a, I've got a peace sign. I got my flag. I'm like, hey man, brother, let's have a talk. Come have a talk. How about a hug? Let's have it. And I kept doing that, dude. It's like watching a vampire, just like, yeah. You're trying to hug me. You want love? How dare you? Like that's the energy. And I went, oh my god, you guys, you're so. I feel so bad for you. You're missing out. You think we're Nazis, and you're you're the one saying gas the unvaccinated. Like that's come on. Like come have. And I and I'm still like come come have a chat. Let, I'll buy you a hot dog. The guy has really good sausage there. Come on, let's go. Let's go. And mm. then they just run away from me like I'm the plague. And I just went, it, it was just such a confirmation for me. Again, just another confirmation that we're on the right side and we're with the best people and the best spirit of humanity was coming out with this. 
Um, whereas you see these other protests that turn into like burning churches down and beheading statues and shit. It's, that's not a protest. That's just the expression of some anal regressiveness or something, some in, yeah. some pent up fucking little man syndrome or it's something. The, the self-hatred that's externalized. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's not the way, like we showed everybody the way go have a party and do it peacefully. Like, yeah. you know, so I just yeah. saw the big contrast there. They, you know, there was just recently, they were loosening some of the mandates. I don't know what university it was. And these people were going counter protesting, like bring back the mandates, wearing masks, like some student group. I don't know. Govern me harder, daddy. Govern me harder. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, again, all we can do is this. We're here joyful, smiling, like taking care of ourselves, eating good, healthy foods, you know, spending time with our loved ones, feeding our minds. And again, like Joel said, like finding people with like values coming together and, and having a fucking party, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you win that. Especially don't let them turn you into them. You know, don't yeah. let them turn you into what you're fighting against because the anger can, can rot you out. Like it's that, that's why you need the blue flame. Right. Yeah. But that, that red flame, that's where these people live. They, they live in mass hysteria. They live in the anger comes from fear, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. So they're living in fear. Whereas we showed everybody, Hey, we're not afraid of shit. We're going to park right in front of Trudeau's house until he comes out and we're not afraid of shit. And Oh, they're arresting everybody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're still not afraid. Like you're never going to beat this down and Canada will never forget this. And I don't think the world will forget this. And I think we may have even glitched the matrix enough that the momentum might just start to shift really soon. I, I really see that because we've set it on slave from the beginning. When it comes to these tyrants, when it comes to these uh, types of governments and these, this kind of evil, they're the worst advertisement for themselves. And they always, 100% of the time, fall on their own sword in the end. And so we really just have to keep the cameras rolling, keep spreading the love, the freedom, the unity, the whole thing, the truth. And... Um, these guys can throw all the little pebbles at us that they want because their days are numbered. It's, it's already written in the stars, you know? Yeah. It's the quote I think I got from you guys on enslaved evil contains within it, the seed of its own destruction. That's a, like, put that on the front of a truck. <laughs> Just drive it right into the front. Yeah. Man. David brother. Thank you so much for joining us. Always such a pleasure. Um, love your optimism and it's it shared 100% man Where, wherever we are in this journey I, I do feel hopeful I do feel optimistic and I, I recognize that because I recognize it in, in, in myself you know so I, I do say that for the for the world as well um, thank you for sharing your energy man thank you for being a force thank you for being who you are Erasmus and I would not be who we are and we would not be together doing what we do if it wasn't for you and you mean that's that's just the fact dude there's no denying that man so you've given us so many gifts and we're so grateful. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. And also, I just want to add, because we didn't really talk about it, but you touched on it. But I just want to highlight Cult of the Medics. Uh, yeah. You know, you put in so much blood, sweat and tears into creating that. I still have to watch episode six. I've watched the first five. And uh, yeah, anyone who's listening to this, go to cultofthemedics.com. Uh, support David and his work. Um, it's, it's incredible. I mean, you'll learn so much in those episodes that you're not going to find, uh, in school or on the, you know, on your news feed and Facebook or Instagram, like, um, it's a lifetime of work, man. And, and, uh, it's pretty amazing. So thank you for, for your productive effort and your creations and putting that into the world. Oh man, you guys, you're so, you make me cry here. Thank you. And thanks for having me. Um, uh, you guys are brothers and I love what you're doing and I appreciate it. And this has been therapeutic for me as well today, because 
we had some tough news this morning. And after this conversation, I feel so much better. And so uh, let's go keep creating, creating and, and, and showing that that creative energy can destroy all the destructive energy any day of the week. So thanks guys. Keep doing what you're doing. I got your backs and we'll do it again sometimes. Same here, man. Much love, brother. Likewise, man. Absolutely. Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, put all David's links in the show notes, especially his Telegram. Go join that. Check it out. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as we did. Always such a pleasure to host David. He's truly one of the OGs and one of the most rational human beings, I believe, um, well, I've ever met for sure. Someone who really knows their worth, knows their values, know what's what's right and what's wrong and knows how to stand up um, in, in terms of that. A lot of the things that we touched on that, that on that episode um, are things that we're going to be diving a lot deeper on in our eight-week private group coaching program, Rise Above the Herd. Applications for that are now open. We're only taking a maximum of 15 people. We begin March 28 through to May 23. And this is really all about awakening the individual, you owning your potential and living up to it. And both of us will be guiding you over the course of eight weeks to make that transition. Um, that's at riseaboveheherd.com.au. Also, our first ebook, 55 Signs of Low Self-Esteem for Truth Seekers, is now available for download at growyourselfesteem.com. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care. I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, because they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean.